0: Today's episode is sponsored by Ava. Stop missing hot leads when you're out with a client or spending time with friends and family. Ava is a professional inside sales team and will respond to and nurture leads 24-7. And you step back in when the leads are ready to talk to an agent. Visit rerod.com forward slash Ava to learn more. Again, that's rerod.com forward slash A-I-V-A. Looking to take you and your real estate business to the next level? You're in the right place. Laying foundations for real estate success? This is the No Fluff, No BS podcast about real estate. For real estate agents and other industry professionals looking to up their game unfiltered short-form sales meetings, interviews with agents from every walk of life, and ramble sessions about everything real estate. Welcome to a new mindset. You are listening to RERAW. And now, introducing your host, James Ha. What's happening out there, RERAW Nation? Welcome to another Wednesday interview. Super excited and happy to have you here. And guess what? You are in for a treat. I'm the one who's kind of on the hot seat because today I'm interviewing my better half, that's right, the gal you've heard so much about in all these other episodes, the one that keeps me in line, holds me accountable, and really teaches me a whole bunch of crap in this business, uh, my lovely wife Erin is here to uh, join us for an interview today. How's it going? Great. Yeah, so Erin hasn't done an interview yet uh, before, so this is exciting for her, her, uh, her debut on the radio um, so thank you for being brave enough to join me. I wanted to have Erin on today for a variety of reasons. Um, one, because she's my lovely wife and I just like making her life difficult sometimes. Um, but also because Erin is a transaction coordinator. She's also a licensed realtor. She owns her transaction business independently and operates separately. And she does not use her real estate license to practice buying and selling houses. She actually uses the real estate license to leverage opportunity to be up on the contracts and the education that's provided by the board, and ultimately just be able to use and access all the tools, tips, and tricks that the real estate agents have access to. And I just think that she can provide some tremendous value to best practices with the number of transactions that she sees over the course of a year. And if that's not enough to convince you that she should be here, you should know that Erin has a business and marketing background. And prior to real estate, I think you were uh, actually doing marketing that was in real estate, and then you jumped into transaction coordination, and then you got your real estate license, and you're like, nah, I think I'll just keep doing the TC thing. Did I kind of get that right?
1: Kind of. I mean, there's-
0: All right. Well, why don't you fill in the holes, and I'll just be quiet for a minute.
1: Okay. Um, well, I mean, you know, not everyone else knows, but my, I have a pretty extensive real estate background just in my family alone. I-
0: for the record, I do know all of this, and uh, yes, I've heard all of this before.
1: I mean, yes, I know you knew, but other people may not know. Carry on. That yes, so we—I ha- have an extensive real estate background, just in my family. And my dad was in mortgage. My aunt and uncle were in real estate. My mom was in relocation, and I just kind of grew up around it. So, of course, when I graduated from high school, um, I decided to get myself a job. And what better way to get a job than to kind of reach out to the people that you already know. And um, my aunt at the time asked if I wanted to give something in real estate a try. So I went and helped one of her transaction coordinators for the summer before I started college and just kind of liked the administrative organizational side and kept with it through college for a little bit.
0: Cool. So you graduated college, you had a degree in business and marketing. And when you got out, you were like, you know what? This real estate gig is just too good for me. I can't give it up. I'm gonna keep going forward. Just kidding. What did that look like for you?
1: It looked nothing <laughs> nothing like that for me. Um, I got my I got my bachelors from Long Beach in business marketing and I tried to get a job for a couple months you doing something in marketing but in 2008 when that happened uh, the economy was awful and the job market was probably worse so I unsuccessfully found found one of those jobs and at the end of that couple months I got hit up by one of my old bosses from the real estate world and they asked if I'd be interested in a full-time job doing transaction coordination And I said, yeah, sure. But more so just because I wanted something that was going to pay some bills for a while until I found something else. And once I got in there and started working, I realized I just kind of liked it all along.
0: So, if you've ever watched the television show Friends, Erin is like Monica. She just, she likes to be organized. She is just kind of like clean and tidy, keeps things all in order. So, transaction coordination was kind of nice for you. And whether you love it or hate it, you just uh, happen to be pretty damn good at it. So, she's kind of been uh, going about that. But you've done transaction coordination for a company and then you've also done it independently and now you're running your own independent business. So for the TCs out there, maybe can you shed a little bit of light on the pros and cons of each and maybe just give some highlights of why you chose to go independent?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, each side has their pros and cons for sure. I mean, obviously being a staffed TC is nice because you have that steady paycheck
0: And there are times a year that we appreciate that.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, you have that steady paycheck. Some companies offer benefits, not all, but most do. You have those set hours, so you do have your evenings and you have your weekends that you get to shut down and not do things regarding your job. Um, But the, the downside to me, at least where I was, is it was a salaried position. I did not get any incentives for bringing in more business. So it really was just, this is what you're going to make no matter what, no matter how little or how much business you do. And that's that. And there's really nowhere, there's nowhere to move up. This is just it. So it was nice to start there. And, um, I mean, ultimately, I decided to move away from it because we started having kids, and I realized that having some flexibility in my schedule would be nice to have, and I missed being around my kids. I miss seeing them during the day and having to drop them off every morning and see them every evening, and I really just wanted to be at home, so I figured, hey, why not do this myself, maybe run a few files, and actually get to be at home and spend some time with the kids while they were little well
0: and that was a great idea but then people actually realized that you went independent and your plan to do just a few transactions a month make some supplemental income and kind of bring it in uh didn't work out so well for you because like i said you're actually pretty darn good at what you do and the agents that uh that didn't get to work with you anymore. Didn't exactly like that. So they kind of suckered you back into what became full time, and uh, now you're doing all kinds of crazy business again. So tell us, tell everybody out there what what happened as you grew your TC business, and what do you think helped you grow your transaction coordination business independently?
1: Honestly, what helped me was the relationships that I had developed and maintained while I was working as a staffed employee, because not only do you create these relationships with the agents that you work with at your job, but you're also developing relationships with all of the other vendors that you work with repeatedly on other transactions. I mean, because there's certain escrow officers I deal with all the time, and there's certain other agents that I don't run files for personally, but I have on the other side of deals all the time. And... There's, I mean... It's a small world. Yeah, real estate's definitely a small world. So there's, I mean, there's quite a few that I have, there's quite a few agents that have come back to me later and said, hey, you know, you were the TC for so-and-so on this deal that I was on the other side of, and I really liked how you worked, or that person just saying your praises afterwards, and I was wondering if you'd want to run a file for me. And I mean, that type of stuff happens often, which is
0: great. Yeah. And it's it's actually really important to note. So when Erin made the transition away from working as an employee at a real estate office to going independent, she didn't go and solicit agents and take business away from another TC. It was literally just her, like her business growth was completely validated by the service level that she provided and her expertise in the business um, as a transaction coordinator, as a staffed employee. So...
1: Well, I don't think it's all just that. Honestly, I do.
0: Okay, fill in.
1: I, well, you can be you can be really good at this job, but if you're a total jerk to people, then people aren't going to want to work with you either.
0: So yeah, like, I mean that's kind of all that's that's kind of what I'm alluding to yeah. though. It's like customer service and 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 level of service, you know, like you kind of can't be a jerk and give amazing service at the same time. Like, like there's professional athletes out there that are the best of the best, but they have like no sportsmanship qualities at all. Uh, I don't want to get into it. Cause I already know who you're thinking of and I'm sorry, new England fans. She's not a Tom Brady fan, but um, no, the deal is, is I just, I think that I think that to provide good service, it's validated by the fact that you're kind, that you bite your tongue, you suck it up when you need to. You, you know, you draw the line in the sand when it's appropriate, you know what you're talking about, but you provide good service by also just, you know, like you said, not being a jerk. So I think that would be a big reason why people followed you when you left the more corporate side of things and started your own business.
1: Yeah, I try not to be a jerk if possible.
0: I typically had that department up for our family. I'm kind of in the jerk department, if you will. Yes. so I want to talk about why you decided to go about getting your real estate license
1: well I decided to go to get my real estate license and honestly I have to give credit where credit is due Um, my boss at the time was the one that kind of not really pushed me but suggested that it would be a good idea to get my license because you're not supposed to really work with the forms if you're not licensed because then you're just an unlicensed assistant and there's a lot of things that unlicensed assistants can't do.
0: But they do anyway.
1: Yes, but they do anyway. And he wanted to make sure that when I was assisting people with things that I was actually allowed to Cause you're not, I mean, I'm not even allowed to, if someone gave, I can't, I'm not even supposed to be able to create a contingency removal form or anything without a license. You're not supposed to do anything. It's not like I'm gonna go write a bunch of verbiage and stuff anyway.
0: But yeah, but really quick to clarify that, this is this is super important you guys, because whether you're a real estate agent or a transaction coordinator or a title rep or an escrow officer or whatever your expertise is uh, in this in this industry, don't do stuff that you're not supposed to be doing. You know, the right way to do things is not always the easiest, but there is a right way to do things. There may be more than one right way to do things, but there's a lot of risk and liability that comes with, you know, taking on things that you're not supposed to. And you may think that stuff's not going to go down, but it only takes one person. And let me tell you, the mistakes in this business. You talk about high dollar transactions, the lawsuits are big with it.
1: And when you're successful, there's a lot of eyes
0: on you. A very good point. Okay, so you end up getting your license and you're basically utilizing that for, like to give you better access to the tools to make sure that you're actually doing things with the appropriate uh, certifications, if you will. Correct. And then, what is there any other benefit that you get from having the license? You obviously, I know you've gone to contract classes before to stay up on the contract. You obviously work with them at least as much as the agents do, if not like 500 times more.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's nice, I guess, to have the license because I mean, I can obviously have my license number and my signature and stuff. And it's nice to be able to say that you're licensed because people even clients of agents kind of maybe trust you a little bit more because, you know, you're not just like, hey.
0: It's kind of the equivalent of being like a a licensed salesperson as opposed to being a licensed realtor. There's something with the title.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. So, you know, having the license definitely helps in that way. And some of you on the other side of this are probably, you know, thinking or have have actually I've actually gotten a couple of private messages about this, asking how Aaron and I, you know, separate the business. Is she part of my actual team? Like, what is that? No. The the answer is Aaron actually has a completely separate entity. Um, it's a it's an LLC that is completely separate. It is hers and she owns, runs and operates that business. Um, completely separate from my real estate business and my real estate team. However, my real estate team does pay her to run files for our team, and it's not a free situation. I pay Aaron half of everything I make. Oh, she hates that joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I pay Aaron a normal the normal transaction fee that she that she uh, that she takes on a deal, and the reason we do that is because you know we we have to treat our businesses like a business. So we talk a lot about that in sales meetings and other interviews and ramble sessions, how real estate agents need to treat business like a business. And if you're running a transaction based business, you have to do the same thing, but we run it separate and it's actually pretty important that we do that because you work directly with a lot of my immediate competitors. And I mean like, that are right in my backyard. Some are, some are higher producing agents, some are lower producing agents than me and or my team. But um, can you talk a little bit about the dynamic of how you handle it when somebody says, well, wait a second, your husband's in the business, he's a realtor, do you also open doors and sell houses and all that? Like, what does that whole dialogue sound like and how do you keep your business separate from mine?
1: Well, I usually just tell everybody up front. I go, I'm a licensed realtor, but I do, I have it solely for the purpose of being able to assist my agents with their transactions. I do not practice real estate itself with regards to buying and selling. I let my husband handle that side. Um, we keep our businesses separate. Um, he does not know any of the details of any of my contracts or documents that I have with any of the any of his competitors or agents.
0: I mean, we'll share war stories from time to time, but we...
1: Yeah, I'll tell him, like, well, I mean, at the end of the day, I'll come home and tell a story like, yo, you know, there's an agent, there's a deal... Something's happening, but there's never names given. There's never real specifics.
0: It's- yeah, and like I don't know I don't know if it's the agent you're working with or the agent on another side of a deal. Like and by the way, I don't really care because I'm really just more into the drama side of it. We we share the war stories because actually there's usually something to learn. And also, I don't know if you've ever just like you ever watched that like garbage television show that you just can't stop yourself from watching. Like we've been addicted to that that parking wars thing and we're just like, Oh my gosh. These people are so dumb, you know, like there's there's times where it's like you just have to tell the story to be like, hey, am am I like being too hard on the human race by thinking that this was a reasonable expectation or is this person actually the dumbest person you've ever heard of?
1: Yeah, it sounds about right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so we do we do keep our businesses separate. And have you ever lost business because I'm a realtor and because of our relationship?
1: I think I did initially with one specific person and they did actually mention that to me in a phone call once Um, but the phone call was when they were calling me to see if I had enough capacity to be able to take them on because they had gone to somebody else and were not happy and wanted to come back but they had mentioned you know because of who you were. And that's when I just said, well, you know that he doesn't see any of the stuff. I keep everything separate. I don't disclose anything because personal and business is always kept separate.
0: Yeah. And by the way, I, I literally couldn't care less because, um, you're making money off of working with those people and I'm not. So, um, I mean, I know as a family, you know, it goes to the to our pot and all that stuff. But in the end, like, I'm focused on growing my business, and it's important that people keep that separate. I I think this is a really good message overall. If I could uh, interject, which I often do, um, but like, I think this is a really important message if you're running a transaction uh, coordination business, or if you're a realtor who's also dabbling in other real estate related activities on the side. You have to remember that there's a trust factor if you are helping people buy and sell homes, but you're also providing like side services for other real estate agents. You know, this is a pretty incestuous business and it's a small world. Um, You know, everybody kind of knows everybody in your your locale usually. So if you're producing, you know, you got to, you just have to make sure that you have very, very clear vision, very, very clear boundaries, because I would argue that the fact that we do two completely separate things but you work directly with my competition like we have some complications with that and i think we've if i could pat ourselves on the back for anything i think we've navigated it pretty well but without a clear vision and clear boundaries and how that looks and what you say and what our what our agreement is that like Oh, dude, tell me, dude, what did that agent list that place for? Like, how much did, what did they take on it? Like, I don't know commission details. I don't know that stuff because we just, it's not, it's not appropriate, you know, but we, we do a good job of keeping that balanced.
1: Yes, we do. And my computer is password protected. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you know, what's funny is I think you actually know my password and how I play that game, but I don't think I could remember your passwords for the most part to save my life like maybe like maybe like the one for your phone but that's maybe about it maybe what do i know the one for your phone
1: i don't think so
0: what's the one for your phone
1: i actually don't have one for my phone (laughs) perfect (laughs) i have kids that are too little to remember passwords and they like to use my phone so
0: there you have it. So I guess uh, you you accidentally created the best segue into exactly where I wanted to take this conversation, which is you are a mother of three. <laughs> Please, okay, hold on. Just don't cry. It's okay. Like, we still love them, sweetheart. They're asleep right now. Um, no, so you are a mother of three. They are six, three, and one. We are pretty sure they're all mine, although we've never tested um but the timing worked out i think they're all mine and i love them anyway even if they're not so we'll just we'll just continue with the fantasy and um oh gosh can you guys all feel it her eyes are like out the back of her head right now wow the silence is just deafening um anyway so we've got you've got three kids obviously uh we got into that mess together and and i'm just curious like how do you as a you know, working woman, you've got me as a full time working seven days, eight days, nine days a week as well. Like, how do you manage that? How do you how do you find the balance? What's your trick if you have one?
1: A lot of coffee. Um, Well, and honestly, I mean, I, I decided to go independent so I could be at home with the kids. And then I got more business than I am. In- anticipated and I didn't I mean who wants to turn business down nobody so um, I tried to juggle it for a while and then with the two and then once we had the third I realized that um, it just wasn't going to work so now I pay somebody to watch our kids during the day and I go work
0: now how does so you went independent to create time to be with kids and 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 be a mom and you ultimately found that part of you still needed to engage with adults on some level so working was nice and you I know in our conversations as a couple and guys if you haven't had this conversation regardless of what your your jobs are with your spouse or significant other like if you guys are a team in some I mean you're a team in your personal life forget about business for a minute you know talk about what your roles and responsibilities and wishes are With respect to your family dynamic and your relationship and your contributions, I know it became important to you on some level to financially contribute to our family. And you just happened to contribute a lot more than you expected because everybody forced that upon you.
1: Well, they didn't force me. I mean, I could have said no, but I actually honestly love working with the agents that I work with. I really get along with them. Most of them I consider friends, the ones I've been working with for years now. Sure. Um... And I just, I mean, because I, I sit here sometimes and I go, maybe I should cut back, you know, and not do as much. But then I'm like, oh, but, you know, I don't really want to stop working with that person or this person because I actually do just, I, I enjoy it. Like they're all different and they all have their different, you know, ways of doing their transactions. And I kind of love seeing how I can fit into each one and what role I can take because some I take. A bigger role, obviously, where they kind of give me a little more freedom to assist and help and kind of move things along a bit more than others. I really just kind of literally just push paperwork back and forth. So it's just it's it's kind of fun seeing how they're all so different.
0: Yeah. And it but with that i mean obviously you have to pick your poison right like you you have the opportunity to work with agents or you know you could you could spend more time with your kids or you could spend less time with the kids you can make more money you can make less money there's always a give and take right so what is the and and you know if you're a whether you're a single parent or married with a 300 kids or whatever it is like the the reality is is we always have choices to to pick one thing over another. And when you have children and you're balancing those different schedules, especially at our kids' age, they're six, three, and one. We're kind of like growing into busier schedules. How do you like you still want your you still want that time with your kids. So how do you create that for yourself?
1: I create I created it because I went independent and started my own business. If I was an employee, if I was still an employee, then I wouldn't have any flexibility at least now I may still work like crazy and leave and go work during the day but there are still plenty of times that me as my own boss now are able to go volunteer at the kids school during the day because I can because I make that decision. I can go to their Christmas shows if because our kids Christmas shows have been during the day Um, I can go pick up or drop them off places and you know I mean things I wouldn't be able to do.
0: Now would you argue you're say would you argue that you maybe work more, but it's worth more because you have flexibility to pick when you work?
1: Most of the time.
0: Right. So then so then the next part I, of that question is when you choose to take time off or when you choose to go to that Christmas show, which I think most people are, are are like the ones your regulars and the ones you've been working with for years are are for the most part pretty understanding. But like you always run into an agent whether like maybe on the other side of a deal or, you know, periodically you pick up a new agent that doesn't know the boundaries yet. How do you handle as uh you know as a business owner, how do you handle setting those expectations for your clients when your clients are actually not the they're actually not the end consumer. Your client is the business person. You are B2B, your client's the realtor so how how do you manage those expectations and what do you expect of them in in your absence if you do take a minute away if that ever happens ever ever
1: well it doesn't really happen very often um okay well i have i have office hours that are posted in my email signature that i honestly don't think anybody sees but um they're there so that at least i can kind of reference back to them if I need to so during certain time during the day during these certain times I am most of the like pretty much in the office during that time and that's when I'm most available Um, I try to stick to that as much as possible and I do tell people when I talk to them for the first time when I mean because I still get interviewed before most agents decide to start working with me explain I do have a family um, I do not work twenty four seven. And by
0: the way, you've lost business specifically because of that, and I can attest to that.
1: Yes, and I'm honestly okay with that because if there's somebody that expects me to be on call twenty four hours a day, then I don't, I don't need to work with them.
0: Okay. I don't care what your position is. I don't care if you're even in real estate. This is super important. You guys, the power of no is incredible. And those who don't respect your boundaries, who don't respect your rules, don't respect the time that you want. You know, guys, we, we typically attract people that are similar to us in many ways, right? Success breeds success And, you know, they say surround yourself with the people that you want to be most like. And, you know, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with most, right? Like, so when you start attracting what you're giving off, and when you set those boundaries and you say, well, wait a second, I have a family, or wait a second, I have commitments and other responsibilities, and it's not necessarily everyone else's business what your business is, but, you know, it's okay to not give up who you are. Like, it's okay to walk away from business or have business walk away from you. Would you completely agree with that?
1: Yes. I mean, there's... It doesn't that. make it easy. No, it doesn't make it easy. And there, I mean, there are times that I will do things outside of my office hours for people. There's always ex- there's always exceptions.
0: Yeah, we have the tally right on the refrigerator with all the agents' names, and I keep track of it for you, right? No, you no, don't. No, I'm just kidding. We don't. Um, <laughs> That'd be a good idea, though. I could know who owes us. <laughs> no? No. I mean, there's just...
1: what on the, like, evenings and weekends, there are times I'm able to do things. Not always, of course, because I do have other commitments and other things I'm doing and kids I'm taking care of. But there are times where someone will hit me up and just ask, like, hey, can you do me this favor? I know it's not normal. And I, if I'm able to... I will usually do it if I am at home by a computer where I
0: can yeah so uh, but
1: it's also a big deal when someone asks you if you're not if I'm not able to because you know I'm out doing something or I'm taking care of three kids because my husband's out showing houses or whatever so it's like you know I just can't do it right now maybe I can do it later tonight or I, I'm gonna have to do it tomorrow when I'm back in the office and most of the time, people are understanding. And I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a transaction coordinator. I do paperwork. And every single real estate agent knows how to do these things that they're asking me to do. It's just
0: well, they're maybe, supposed to know.
1: It's easier for them to have, obviously, somebody else do it. That's why they pay me to do it. But they are ultimately the ones making the commission. So if it is something that they need to get done and I'm not able to do it, then they obviously are completely capable of doing it and most of them usually just do
0: so let's kind of let's go back and and jump down that rabbit hole just for a minute like you're a transaction coordinator can you please define in your own words the difference between a transaction coordinator and a personal assistant
1: uh a well a transaction coordinator deals with the coordinating of the transaction with regards to getting inspections scheduled and documents signed and making sure everything's signed and making sure that they have a full broker file at the end of the deal so that the agent can get paid
0: but your job starts when
1: oh when there's an accepted contract
0: so you're going into escrow you have an executed an accepted contract from both sides both parties both buyer and seller and that is when your work begins. Yes. Okay, now what does a personal assistant do that you don't do? <laughs>
1: um Well, some personal assistants will probably help with MLS input is my guess.
0: Yeah, where I'm where I'm going with this is guys understand the difference between a TC and a personal assistant, understand what each person on your team or each role that every vendor, I consider each vendor I work with a member of my team. Cause I only, I work with consistent vendors who I enjoy doing business with, but who ultimately close deals, operate professionally and make, make our team look, you know, just like the hero, you know? So I I work with people who can perform and close and it's really important for you to understand the boundaries of where their job ends and your job begins or their job ends and somebody else's job begins because too often agents are out there getting lazy and banking on everybody else to do their job and they forget who's actually making the big paycheck at the end of all this.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: So I think that it's it's important for everyone to just keep those things in the back of their mind. Uh, you know, when you're asking for a favor, is it something you can do? And I'd also like to shout out, because you'd, you'd actually brought this up, that, you know, an agent should know how to do everything that they're asking you to do.
1: Well, yeah, I mean...
0: Right, but a lot of agents, I would I would argue, hire a TC too soon. So can you talk maybe like, when when should an agent, there's a lot of new agents that listen to this show, so when should a new agent hire a TC?
1: Well, honestly, I think it's good for new agents to have a TC, at least one that has been running transactions for a while because there's a little bit of guidance that can come because we can help them remember timelines and when things should be done. Um. But
0: but you had me, you know, way back when. I mean, because Aaron, just to just to recall, guys, Aaron's been in business for more than twice as long as I've been a realtor. I mean, Aaron's been in the real estate business for like 14-ish, maybe 15. Gosh, is it 15 years now? Two. Yeah, so 16, Jesus. Okay, so 16 years Aaron's been in business. I've been a licensed realtor now. I'm in my sixth year. And, you know, Aaron's obviously you know, grown up with it, but she's seen a lot more. She runs more transactions than I do as an agent because a TC has to, to be able to keep their head above water.
1: Yeah. We were just joking yesterday. I've been in it since they still had the carbon copy forms. Yeah. Uh,
0: the, I, I know for a fact, you and I are going to know who this person is, but there's an agent out there that says, uh, press hard. There's three copies.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, And if, if you're listening out there, um, you know who you are. So I hope that gave you a laugh too. But you know, one thing that you had mentioned to me at the beginning is even though you were going to help me get through the file because you love me, um, you ultimately had me do a lot of stuff or, or kind of like walked me through it, but made sure that I ultimately understood what I was doing before you took over, like down the road, like a few months in or several transactions in, I had to know what I was doing first.
1: Yeah, because it's super important for the agent to actually know what they're doing. I mean, you are the agent. You're the one that needs to kind of be the leader on your side.
0: So, tell us about tell us a little bit from the something that a transaction coordinator and an agent can learn from when like how often do you run into other transaction coordinators that are kind of acting as the agent and taking too much control? Do you ever hear that or or come across it?
1: Yes, a lot. But some of them could also—I mean, some of them are also possibly assistants. And there are some agents that do believe that transaction coordinators are just are also assistants. And they go, "Yeah, here's my contract, and I expect you to run." Like they're just like, "Here, take it. Like it's yours now."
0: So, how do you, as a TC, when you're setting up and like you know you're opening a file, like how do you identify what that person's role looks like?
1: The person on the other side yeah
0: like how do you how do you know if they're a tc who uh who operates as an assistant who kind of has the authority to make that call for the agent without them getting all kind of like snippy on you and
1: well they usually will introduce themselves when things start they'll just go hey like i'm so and so i'm i'll be the main point of contact for this transaction
0: okay so then let me let me kind of reverse the question then and how many times do you deal with an agent that that is on the opposing side that wants to talk to you and thinks that you have the authority to make decisions on behalf of the buyer or seller that your agent represents.
1: Oh, when I get like emailed from another agent just to me and not to the agent that's actually on the deal. Yes. I usually just hit reply and include my agent and I'll just say, Hey, you know, either if it's something I can answer, I will, but I start putting the person the agent I work with back on or I will mention them in some way to kind of bring them back in you know to be like well this is this is what I think but since I'm not the agent I'm gonna allow Joe here to answer that for you
0: yeah so I'm kind of I'm kind of setting up the the moral of the story here but the The message I'm trying to create, guys, is don't don't do somebody else's job and not because you don't want to like it's one thing to say, hey, I want to be helpful. But like remember who the transaction ultimately belongs to and remember uh, who has the license and authority to represent the client. Right. You're not representing the buyer or seller. You are representing back office work for the agent so that the agent has more time to be in the field, to be in front of the client and so on.
1: And there are times I will go to bat, but usually it is with agents I've worked with for a while and I know that they already are okay with me doing that. Like when it comes down, I mean, when it comes down to talking about dates or talking about little things on transactions, or if there's a point of contention somewhere and we're kind of going back and forth, I will usually either call or reach out to the agent I'm working with and go, hey, here's the situation what do you want me to do? Do you want me to push back again or do you want me just to let this go? And ultimately, it's all up to the agent and how they want the the situation to get handled and I will do what they want me to do.
0: Yeah, and you know, um, I know for a fact that there's there's times that you're getting walked on by another realtor and, you know, you ultimately are trying to keep the peace, you kind of, you know, do your best to let it, you know, brush off your shoulder kind of thing. Because in the end, like, you know, that you don't want to create friction and mess a deal up or create like kind of a a hurdle, another hurdle for the, the agent that you represent to have to overcome. And I, my, my question is, is when you get that agent, who's kind of a jerk to you, but you ultimately still have a job to do, like, how do you handle that? And how do you try to not let it get to you?
1: Well, it really kind of depends on the agent. I mean, I've had agents that are just kind of like, you know, I don't talk to TCs and it's like, okay, well, I'm still going to keep asking you for stuff. And that's just how it is. But I always include my agent on it as well. And usually what happens is either, it's nice when the agent I work with will come back and tell them, hey, like, she's my tc and if you don't include her and in stuff then it's not going to get done so you need to just do that or there's other agents that will just like if they don't do that then they just have to deal with the agent sending everything to them because the other agent just will never include me and in everything and they have to forward everything over to me it just becomes like a a long trail of trying to get anything done but then there's the agents that are very adamant and just blatantly rude if you try to say if you try to talk to them at all. And when they just get extremely rude and um, unprofessional, I guess you could put it. Usually I'll just go to that point. And I'll tell my agent, I'll just be like, look, in an effort to keep the peace in this transaction, because clearly this person is just not going to talk to me. I am just going, I will continue running your file like normal. I'll talk to your client. But when it comes to communication with this person, I am going to let everything go through you.
0: Yeah, guys, this is, and this is really big stuff. And I'm not, you know, you got to understand, I'm not doing business with Aaron, because she's my wife, I'm doing business with Aaron, because she's a closer, she does what she needs to do. And she's amazing at it. And if she wasn't, then I would just tell her that she sucked. And you know, she should go do something else. But um, (laughs) no, like, I just, yeah, but I just think that um, I think you have a special gift in that way. And one thing that, That I've learned, you know, in my time in the business, being exposed to you is that sometimes we have to eat shit, and like, you know, just it doesn't taste good. But sometimes, like, to protect our client and to protect the deal, sometimes we just have to like, you know, brush it off. You know, accept that maybe that person's having a bad day, or maybe they're just an asshole. And you know,
1: really upset because you called him Mike instead of Michael.
0: Yeah yeah, uh, maybe their you know, maybe their signature line says Mike and maybe their email says Michael and you just don't know which one to call them. And so you got to figure that out. But no, but my point is, is like, you gotta, you gotta be able to brush stuff off. So I, I don't think that, uh, comes easily, but you know, do you, um, do you do anything in particular? Like when you just, when you're just having one of those days where everybody's, in one of those moods where everybody's coming down on you because you're talking to, like, you're talking to everybody. Yeah. I mean, the agent, you're talking to all the people that the agent doesn't have to talk to, and I'm just curious, when you have the whole world coming down on you, like, what what do you do to, like, recollect yourself and stay focused?
1: I usually leave the office.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, no, I'll usually, actually, I, I will. Sometimes I'll be like, hey, okay, you know what, I'm going to go grab a coffee and then I'll come back like I'll actually leave and go to Starbucks and grab coffee and just come back even just leaving the office for that 10 to 15 minutes kind of you know clears your head because you're not in that space and staring at all of it so that you can just kind of be out and then recenter yourself and come back and sit down and try to start tackling then I just come back and go okay here's my emails like let's just pick one and complete that task and then just try and
0: yeah so validating this idea that you know it's okay to step away for a minute and sometimes sitting there staring at that computer and feeling defeated or feeling overwhelmed like you're not going to get anything done like you could knock stuff out a little bit but it's going to take you 10 times as long because your mind and your 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 mental just needs that break to like clear out and kind of start over and then how do you um kind of on that same tone, like how do you tackle stuff when you're like super overwhelmed and you're dealing with 30 or 40 open escrows at a time? Like how do you know where to begin?
1: Uh, Sometimes I sit there and I actually just don't even know where to begin, but I, that's again when I just start picking. I'll just pick one and then usually I'll sit down and kind of go, okay, let's look at what's If I don't have any openings from that day, because usually openings I try to get through uh, first and quickly, um, I'll start looking at, you know, what's closing, what's the next file that's going to be closing. Let's just go ahead and audit that and see if I can ask for stuff that's missing. Um, What contingencies are coming up? You know, I just, I look at my calendar and look at what's coming up due and I just kind of start picking away.
0: Yeah, it's one thing at a time.
1: Yeah, Yeah. And I, I mean, when that when there's a ton of emails coming in, it's hard to remember that and it does get a bit overwhelming. But I usually just when I take a step back and remind myself that I just need to um, take one thing at a time and do one if I just stop and do one task, and then I can get that off my plate. Usually I, I usually leave my emails in my inbox until the task that's in that email is done so that i know if it's in my inbox staring me in the face and i haven't done it yet so then i'll drag i have and then i'll drag it into whatever folder i have for it
0: okay how many folders do you have in your email
1: way too many because i actually haven't cleaned it out in a while
0: But, 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 um, this is all about organizations. So especially if you're a transaction coordinator or a, or high volume agent or, you know, high volume loan officer have, have a folder, have, you know, have a way that you catalog your emails, have a way that you direct people like take control. Like I know when you're running a file, one of the things that you always have, you know, you've taught me, but I know for a fact, you've kind of taught your agents through practice that, you know, always put the street name first so you know in the title of every email so you know exactly what property this is about and
1: dude that is one of my biggest pet peeves is when i get emails from people that don't have the property in it or anything i'll get counter offer or
0: though for what
1: counter offer for what like i don't i don't know which counter offer you're talking about
0: Yeah. Or or you get that email and it has an attachment and you're supposed to just kind of like guess what to do with it or guess what to do with the email below. Is that like a, is this just an FYI for me or is there something you're asking me to take on here?
1: Yeah. I actually did just get an email from an agent today that did not reference the property at all. And he was like, Hey, I never got these disclosures from you. I sent them over a week ago. Why don't I have them back yet? And, um, right now I have about 30 something escrow is going so i just i replied back and said can you please let me know what property this is in reference to and his reply was well it's in the email thread and so he basically wanted was expecting me to scroll through the entire conversation we've been having in this email over the last couple of weeks to try and find one of the emails that mentioned it which i didn't see any i went back through and didn't see anything but no one has time to sit and look back through a thread of emails to try and figure out what what you're talking about so it's always good to reference at least the property maybe the I mean even the client's name sometimes can help if you're not gonna put the property but the property and also, is the best thing to put and once I figured out what the property was I went and found the email that I had sent him last week that had what he was asking for so I said here it is again
0: <laughs> yeah so and also like what a jerk like instead of being like it's in the thread why couldn't he just say the street name
1: well he he did. I sorry, I didn't say he did say what it was. He's like, "Oh, it's this. It's in the thread."
0: Oh. Well, for what it's worth, I know for a fact that doesn't always happen and sometimes people give that snarky remark. So, while I'm in the mood sometimes to try and bring out, you know, little little lessons or little pet peeves of mine to that we can learn from as well is that um, you know, guys just Sometimes it's just so much easier to just be nice. You know, you, you never know who's on the other side of that email, what what kind of day they're having. And yeah, some agents over time you might find out are just a little difficult to deal with, but you know, we're just, it, it's just people trying to get stuff done. Right. And, and I, I don't know if Aaron would agree with this, but I know that I have, um, like kind of short patients sometimes, very seldom, um,
1: especially when it comes to, uh, escrows.
0: Yeah. Well, not always... Happy about letting
1: me handle more of the communication on your.
0: Yeah, I just, yeah, I have a really low tolerance for mediocrity, and sometimes I sometimes I get a little bit ahead of myself, and that is a weakness of mine, and I have to own that and acknowledge it and work on that. But that's the point, guys, is like. You know, understand what you need to work on and actually work on it. And, but don't be a jerk, you know, like if, if somebody says, like, what property is this? And your response is, it's in the thread for the times that they don't actually give you the street name, because I know that doesn't always happen. Uh, you know, just, just give them the, what they're looking for and don't be a dick about it. You know, sometimes there's, there is such thing as human error. And sometimes it is just an honest oversight and you don't have to be an a hole like right off the bat, you know, give someone a fair shot.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that.
0: I just I keep on moving the the mic because I just like every time I see like the nod of yes going, I'm like, oh cool, like this is recorded and I can actually have a record of you being like, yeah, he's right, he's right. No. Oh, well, it didn't work that time, but what are you gonna do? You know, um, hey, so. I, we'll start wrapping things up here. And I really do appreciate you um, spending so much time with me because I, this is probably the most time we've spent together in months. I mean, this is actually kind of a special, special moment for us.
1: Yeah, I mean, at least talking to each other. Usually we're just sitting on the couch with our computers, not talking to each other.
0: So so how's things been? Is everything going good with you?
1: <laughs> Shut up.
0: Um, what? Uh, what's new? no she's not going to play that game um so but you see a lot so let's talk a little bit specifically to the real estate agents out there because i like to give you know the the selfish tidbits hopefully if you're if you're thinking of being a transaction coordinator or if that part of the business is interesting to you i think there's a, a great opportunity for you uh you know to to kind of you know listen to some of the things in this episode understand that you can balance under, it's it's actually a pretty you can make great income being a transaction coordinator and if you know the contract and you can learn that stuff and, and, you know, keep up with some of the changes that happen periodically and, and just be an expert at that, I mean, you could do, you know, five five or six deals a month and make a couple extra grand and, and have a nice little vacation fund set up or you could make a six-figure income depending on how many deals you want to take on.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's nice because it really is all up to, well, at least for independence, it's all up to how much you want to take on.
0: Yep, absolutely. So here's my question for you. And this one actually is equal for TC's and real estate agents, but I'm going to just say something. Uh, I'm going to make a statement and I just want you to comment or say whatever falls out of your brain. Um, I am a big believer that an agent and the parties involved in a transaction who have to work with the contract should actually understand the contract.
1: Yeah, they should. They they absolutely should. It's scary how many people I I deal with that I realize probably haven't even read it at least once. I mean, read it. Read the contract. Understand it. Know how to reference things. Everybody, please look at the defined terms page of your contract. It will explain so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know every every state's different, so I don't know what those pages are called or the exact forms. But yeah, it, you know, it's so key that oftentimes we're not even really clear in our understanding of the very tools and instruments that we that we have in front of us that we are are designed for us to use. And, and quite, quite frankly, excuse me, to, uh, to protect not only our client, but to protect us, the terms that we need to understand. I mean, how can you write a contract if you don't understand it?
1: Well, those people can actually write contracts. You should see some of them.
0: Yeah, but that's another point, though, is that that's where I'm going with all of this, is that to, to run a business successfully, regardless of what your role is in this business or any other, if you are responsible for dealing with a contract in any capacity, I'm not saying you have to go out and, you know, be an attorney when you're not an attorney, but you do have to understand because if your job is to help, your client, figure out the best way to, uh, you know, input terms on a contract as a real estate agent, then you by God better know what you're doing because otherwise there's a lot of loopholes uh, with the way that verbiage is written or the way that it's, you know, misinterpreted because people write a lot of ambiguous things.
1: Yeah, the less ambiguity, the better.
0: And um, both of us actually have been privileged to uh, have access to a previous employer of yours and at the time a brokerage that i worked at as an agent um, we've had in my opinion some exposure to some of the best education uh, from from both a friend and a professional and and i'm not going to spoil it because i don't want to say who it is right now because i am going to have this person on the show at some point um, to to kind of talk more about that but um that person really instilled in you a and me in, in different ways, the importance of a contract. And I just, I'm spending so much time on it right now because I just, I, it's so important. And I know you, you agree with that.
1: Yeah, I do. I, I learned a lot from that person about the contract and kind of how a clean offer should be structured and what to, what to look for when you're looking at a contract and what really to pay attention to and
0: yeah, and this is you know you got to have the terms have to be tight. There can't be ambiguity. You have to like you have to understand what you're putting down. That you know and and or are two different words. And then understanding that having a contract and and uh, you know and enforcing that contract are two different things, right? Like you know so. But but it's amazing. I mean, we have to guide and and help our clients navigate through a contract. If you don't understand it, it's impossible to do. Um, for for the brand new agents out there. Do you have, because I know you work with both new and experienced. So for the brand new agents out there with everything that you see, like what advice can you give to a brand new agent that's just starting out? Whether it's tactical knowledge on lead generating or understanding of the contract or just general communication. Like what, what knowledge, like what advice can you give to a brand new agent from your perspective in this business?
1: For a brand new agent, um, my advice would just be to I mean understand the contract understand the disclosures that you're asking your client to fill out so that you can actually talk about them and know and not just sound like you know what you're doing but actually know what you're doing um have some kind of mentor or somebody that you can ask questions to because going out there and just kind of trying to do this on your own it's it's just not going to end well.
0: Yeah. I can't, I can't even believe sometimes that the education is as mellow as it is that they even allow you to even consider and think about open book exams or not being in a classroom setting. Like the the barrier to entry is low. And I don't really care if you guys disagree with that or not. The barrier to entry is low. I have had other sales jobs that require 20 years of experience to be able to handle certain types of accounts. And in real estate, you could get a $50 million listing if you have a license and know the right people. So it's, it's incredibly important. There's no requirement um, for any specific knowledge beyond whatever's required to pass the test. No experiential uh, work that has to be done to actually sell a house. And that can be dangerous.
1: Yeah, it absolutely can.
0: Uh, How about for your more seasoned agents? Are there any, is there anything that you're seeing kind of as a, as a trend right now or anything in general that you're seeing as the business continues to grow and develop and the industry changes with technology and the way people communicate or the way people conduct business? Is there anything that uh, you would, you would say to your experienced agents that they need to be careful of or that they need to do better? Or what, what, what do you have? What message do you have for experienced people out there?
1: I think just keep up with the changes because there's, I mean, there's plenty of agents out there that, you know, go, I've been doing this for 15 years and it's like, okay, but the.
0: But you still thought contingencies were up on Saturday.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Keep up with the changes because the changes in the contract, I mean, they change them for a reason. There's obviously there's some lawsuit or there was, they realized that something just wasn't working. So keep up with changes so that you know how, Like to continue to run your transactions um, efficiently and correctly.
0: Yeah. And if you have a TC or an assistant that's helping with the contract, then you better know at least as much as they do.
1: Yeah. Or just hire a TC that actually knows what they're doing. Don't just hire one because they happen to charge you less.
0: Yeah, good call on that. So now let's let's go full circle here here and come back to the the transaction coordinators out there, whether they're new or experienced. What do you have to say to uh, what do you have to say to those TCs out there?
1: Don't think that just because you got certified as a transaction coordinator by taking a couple courses that you know how to do all of it. I would not be where I was today if I had not started underneath a experienced transaction coordinator. I worked as an assistant to a transaction coordinator. I started with very simple tasks and worked my way up because there, there are a lot of little tasks. It's not a hard job, but there's a lot of little tasks and there's a lot of detail to pay attention to. And it's just, it just the same way with new real estate agents, find a mentor that is willing to kind of show you the ropes and show you how to Handle some of this stuff.
0: Yep, absolutely. And then the the last thing I promise, I'm, I I just I keep having like another good little thing that I want I, I need people to hear out there. As a woman, as a working woman, as a mother of three, with even though you have the absolute most amazing husband in the world, like what? No, maybe we'll think about it. Um, but no, in in all sincerity, as a working woman with a busy schedule with kids, you have a husband who obviously you support me in in more ways than one. And, um, you know, family that you support and a house that you participate in keeping much more than I do. Uh, and like what, like for the other women out there who are overwhelmed and just feeling like, holy shit, like I, don't know what to do and they freeze and they break down and they're in tears and they don't know what to do and they're just defeated whether it's your perspective as a mom as a professional like can you maybe offer something from both of those perspectives like what what kind of encouragement can you offer those women
1: um that they're not alone i mean every as a mom i try to remind myself all the time that uh that everything that i'm going through Every other mom is is going through um, as a working mom as well. I mean, nothing's ever going to be perfect. There's always going to be some something that you have to ignore to keep up. The rest of it, maybe between, obviously, never ignore the kids, but between the kids and you know, keeping the house clean and working and trying to get some sleep and maybe trying to work out yourself and I mean just there's it's all a balance it's never perfect and just just keep swimming
0: thanks Dory um (laughs) and how about for the for the professional on the professional side of that from the the non-motherly perspective or maybe the motherly perspective but like I said in the in the business mindset do you have any different advice or would you say it's the same
1: no, I mean, I think it really is just the same because everything gets super overwhelming, at least in what I do. And it really is just, it just comes down to, I'm never going to make, I'm not going to be able to make everybody happy. I
0: Especially the kids.
1: I'm only one person. I can only do one thing at a time. So when I have 10 different people calling me all for, something that they believe is an emergency, I have to sit back and take those 10 things that come in that are emergencies and decide which ones actually are and assign a priority to them and I just, I have to figure, I have to have the serenity in knowing that I know what I'm doing and know which ones need to be done and that everything will ultimately get done and it's just the way it is.
0: Awesome. Well, is there a website, a, a Facebook, uh, handle or page, or is there anything that, that people can go to if they want to keep in touch with you? And then, uh, I'll kind of close things out.
1: I really just have a website. It's, um, it's www.etcservicesoc.com.
0: Awesome. So we will, uh, I'll put, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And, uh, Thanks for being here, babe. It was it was fun spending so much time with you tonight.
1: Yeah, likewise.
0: I mean, I guess uh, you're probably you're probably off to work now, and I'll see you in like I'll maybe see you the weekend for like a minute. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, you guys. Um, you know, happy to have my lovely wife Erin here, and you know, I've talked about her in previous episodes, and I'm I'm so thankful to have had her on the show. Uh, probably. I don't know, probably couldn't have been early enough, but um, I'm glad that she got on here on the earlier side of this uh, show just a few months in because I think she adds so much value uh, in, in so many different perspectives to the business. So I appreciate you being here. And guys, I just wanna close this up by reminding you that real agents work, you, you've gotta be one of them. There's no, there's no shortcuts in this business. I mean, you you can hire somebody to do the work, but if you don't understand the contract, then how do you protect your clients? You can you can hire somebody to do the work, but at the end of the day, like you have to know how the job works to hold the people that you're hiring accountable to the job that they're gonna be doing for you. So just remember that if you are feeling overwhelmed on kind of a final note here, just like Aaron said, whether you're a working mom, whether you're a work, hard working woman, whether you're a father out there with a busy schedule, I can speak to that myself, you are not alone. Those moments that you feel overwhelmed, remember something, you're human and it's okay to feel that way and you're not alone and everybody who's ever started a business growing a business or is wildly successful at a business uh or has completely failed at business and decided to move a different direction has all experienced that in some way shape or form so keep your head up keep working hard don't make excuses just make progress i love you guys i love my wife way more and i appreciate her being on here like i said real agents work be one of them we got a great Part two of the uh, Keith Watts Ramble coming up on Friday. So buckle up and be ready for that. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great day out there. Today's episode is sponsored by Ava. Stop missing hot leads when you're out with a client or spending time with friends and family. Ava is a professional inside sales team and will respond to and nurture leads 24-7. And you step back in when the leads are ready to talk to an agent. Visit reraw.com forward slash Ava to learn more. Again, that's reraw.com forward slash A-I-V-A.